What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. And they haven't been feeling the love lately, so they upped the ante to get you in and get you hooked on this delicious Strava Craft Coffee. What they've done is they've given out their best code to date. DNVR25 will get you 25% off your first purchase of Strava Craft Coffee. And on top of that, after you get in and use that code and get 25% off, if you subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee, you'll save 20% on every single order after that. And you can also have it set up where it's delivered straight to your door every two, four, six, eight weeks, or however often you would prefer. Maybe you're a one-week type of person. You can have that set up over at Strava Craft Coffee. And of course, I'm talking about the delicious CBD-infused coffee. Not only do you get delicious coffee and that caffeine jolt, but you get the benefits of CBD, which helps with aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's going on. It helps relieve. Some people even say it helps get rid of the coffee jitters. So make sure to check them out and make sure to use the code DNVR25 when you try Strava Craft Coffee. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach Mace Arcade at the bar. Three for Mr. B. Couple with brick, brew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this wonderful Wednesday. Let's get through hump day together. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason, coming live from Studio B here at the DNVR Bar. And before we hop into today's show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online is the new urban online university. They did this before anyone else. They have learning outcomes equivalent to -to face-to-face courses online, which is unheard of at other universities. But over at MSU Denver, they deliver. They have great gen eds taught by real people and professors who bring the real world into the classroom, which is so valuable. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, what is going on, my friend? Oh, not too much. I'm at the hump. You're over the hump. Because on Friday you're going to be on a plane, right? Over the hump, yes, yes. You're going to be. You're not going to be. You're over the hump today, or you went over the hump between yesterday and today, and you're going to be over the ocean on Friday. <laughs> man, Mace, it, it, you know yes. this is about the only time I don't think about it, yes. but now I'm thinking about it. So, man, if there's nothing better than talking Broncos, it's talking Broncos while thinking about a little vacation or just having the vacation. <laughs> no offense to talking Broncos, but getting a vacation. Uh, on the islands of Hawaii right before the star training camp sounds just lovely. And you look like you still got your little vacation yeah. glow going on from last week. Yeah, Florida, you know, <laughs> just hour, hours in the pool, hours frolicking around, hours swinging, swimming laps, you know. just it's not bad. It's amazing how when you're in a pool, whether you're at a hotel or just, I was in my parents' backyard pool, it's amazing how you lose track of time. Oh, yeah. Like Especially you look, in the summer. Yeah, you look up, oh my gosh, it's already 5 o'clock. And <laughs> you feel like it was 
20 minutes and you hopped in the pool at about 1230 and then you've been in four and a half hours and you forgot to eat lunch <laughs> man and swimming boy that gets the biggest appetite oh gosh yeah that's a lot of fun i know that's... i know on other pods they talk about you know how you're supposed to wait 20 minutes before you, before oh. you swim after you eat for for many reasons i i jumped right in like, <laughs> i go. had i had lunch and then i was in the pool like five minutes later uh, it's funny like when i was a kid for a while i did that but with my parents having a pool being in Florida, I tested that out when I was about 12, 13 years old. It's complete bull. So we just we just broke the the, the conversation's been going on the uh, uh, yeah. the the draft or the betting show, yeah. and uh, we just broke that. Yeah, it's well, true. maybe it's true for other people. It's not. I mean, for me, it's bogus. Stomach of steel. <laughs> I guess <Nice>. so. Yes. <laughs> uh, I had an ex girlfriend when my twenties that said I had a cast iron stomach because back in those days I was eating at Taco Bell three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say three times a day. I was gonna say you really do. Oh, oh no, no, no. But now, now it's not as cast iron as it used to be because I can only eat Taco Bell about once a year. <laughs> oh yeah, that is quite different. It's an annual meal during training camp. Mm. An annual dinner. Is to go to Taco Bell. Man, Taco Bell sounds good. And Mace, we're not we're not even at ten thirty right now. Yeah. But let's see how strong your stomach is for this conversation. Talking about Broncos sack totals where they should be mace we've talked about mike clay's projections for this 2021 Mm -hmm. season many times on this pod and we're gonna go back because when i was looking through his projections i was really caught off guard by what he has the broncos doing in terms of getting after the quarterback and getting sacks mace right now mike clay projects the broncos to have 40 sacks this year when you hear that number and nothing else what do you think is that good? Bad? Well, I think back of what they've done over the last three years. In okay. 2018, they had 44 sacks. That was ninth in sack total. They were 10th in sack rate when you do it on a per-pass play okay. basis. 20, so top 10? Yeah, so top top 10. 2019, they had 40 sacks. Oh. They were 17th in sacks, oh. 14th in sack rate. Mm, so and then in, average. And then in 2020... They had 42 sacks, but sacks were down across the league last year substantially. One of the one we I think it's one of the I think it's the fourth biggest one year drop in sack rate that we have seen since the merger happened last year. Mm. Of course, holding penalties also mm-hmm. dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're connected. And last year, 42 sacks that still got the Broncos top ten. They were ninth in sacks and they were tenth oh. in sack rate. Okay. So if you tell me 40, I would say, wow, that's lower than I expect. Yeah. Me, substantially. Me, that that makes my stomach turn a little Ooh. bit, Mason. Yeah, it's like having a cup. Maybe it's equivalent to having three Taco Bell meals in a single day is how I feel seeing 40 <laughs> sacks because of exactly what you said, Mace. Uh, you, you said that compared to the past few years, this would be a little below average kind of where they've been. And when we talk about this defense over the past couple of years, they've been good. They haven't been great. This defense, every single year, has supposed to have been great. They're supposed Mm -hmm. to be outstanding this year. And 40 sacks, according to Mike Clay, Mace, because you just went through those numbers, you have a fairly good idea of where this would put them. Where do you think it puts them? Uh, 12th. 12th? Mike Clay has them behind the Cardinals, Bills, Panthers, Browns, Colts, Chiefs, Rams, Dolphins, Jets, Steelers, Seahawks, 49ers, Bucks, Titans, Washington football team. He has them behind 15 teams 
and he has them tied with the Falcons, the Packers, the Saints, the Eagles. So he has them a below average. Wait a minute. Does he have Washington 15th? He does. Well, no, not necessarily. No, not not that wasn't the list. Oh, okay. All right, because I heard that. I'm like, he just has them behind all of those teams. Wow. I'm, I'm sure Washington's right up there. I, yeah, I not. heard that. I'm like, that low? I mean, I feel I feel very good the, the Broncos are going to be a top 10 team in terms of sacks because I think they're going to have more opportunities to get sacks, although it was interesting. Remember how Vance Joseph used to talk about how, oh, you've got to have opportunity you've got to have opportunities you've got to play from ahead oh the famous vance joseph line yeah to get sacks as the the fox uh, sports uh chime rings in there but in vance joseph's second season on the job the broncos were ninth in sacks yeah and they were 10th in sack rate yeah so right. they and actually that's did, when von miller was great too in 2018 his it, last good season the last the the last great year for von miller now to date he could have another great year going forward. And also the year in which Vaughn and Bradley Chubb were together. And we've talked about this, mm-hmm. how there is a clear connection between Vaughn Miller having increased productivity and having a Pro Bowl caliber edge on the opposite side. Right. Because he's always been more productive with those guys. He was, you go back to Elvis Dumerville, through, DeMar- through DeMarcus Ware, and on to Bradley Chubb, he's always more productive when he's got somebody over there on the other side. And those guys had, what, 26 and a half combined sacks in yes, 2018? they did. And that's, man, Mace, to me, and I know I hold these guys to a higher standard than most, that's kind of the floor of where I want these guys to be. Mm-hmm. If they hit that, I'm like, okay, that that's fine. They, it wasn't a failure of a season from those guys. But it's really, I'm not saying great job. By any means, if they're 20... And, Mace, they should be better. Bradley Chubb was a rookie when he did that. And he went on a a big streak in that year where he didn't have a single sack and then obviously went on streaks where he had tons of sacks at a time. But he needs to take that step where he's consistent in playing at that level and being a really good player. And then also you're paying Von Miller $20 million a year. He better be that type of player this year. And and a couple weeks ago, we talked about just these two guys and our expectations for them. But for me, let's look at the team itself Mace, why they should be so much better than average or below average is because to me, when I think of it basically, sacks come down to four things. First, the talent that you have rushing the passer, and that includes Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. It also includes the guys inside. You have Draymond Jones, who a lot of people expect to be the breakout candidate of the Mm -hmm. Broncos this year. You have Shelby Harris, who we know he can get after the pass rusher. And heck, Mike Purcell, we saw it a little bit last year before he got hurt that for a big guy, he can have a little push up there. Now, you're not expecting five sacks from him, but maybe one or two and also freeing up some other guys. So the talent. Mm -hmm. The second thing is secondary. How good is the secondary? The third thing that comes into this is how good is the defensive scheme for the pass rushers? And the fourth thing is what Vance Joseph points to, which Ryan and I have mm-hmm. laughed at many times, is mm-hmm. you got your offense has to be setting yourself up in a good position, meaning you got to be playing with the leader. The game's got to be competitive. You can't be playing from behind. Now, those four things aren't weighted the same to me. Like, why I kind of laughed at Vance is that's the first thing he would point to in terms of why the team wasn't getting sacks. Well, it's the offense. It's the offense. No, no, no. Excuse. Yes. That's the thing. He pointed to an excuse. Right. Although, in his mind, he may have viewed it as a reason. Yeah. But but as head coach, he's in charge of the offense, too. And that's what I'm saying. It is a reason, but it's certainly not as important in my mind Mm -hmm. as the other three things. I think the most important thing is obviously the players that you have rushing the passer. Broncos, elite it's on paper, it's elite. They're paying to be elite. When you look at the talent, it's elite. Uh, from inside to out as well. 
Then you look at the secondary, which I think is the second most important thing. Broncos have the best secondary in the NFL. They absolutely should. They've invested in it. On paper, it is. And mm-hmm. we've seen play from each one of these guys. That means it should be. They have an all-pro safety. They have a Pro Bowl safety. They have an all-pro cornerback, an all, a Pro Bowl cornerback. They have guys that are making $10 million a year and win healthy. Bryce Callahan is arguably the best slot corner. And by the way, they just use a number nine overall pick on Patrick Sertan. So, elite secondary group. And then the, th- the third thing on the defensive side is that uh, defensive scheme. Vic Fangio was brought here to make the defense elite. <laughs> that should also be elite. So, and then, and then you look at the offensive side of the ball and putting the defense in a good position, that's probably average. It's probably a little better than it's been the past couple of years, but that's average. So, you have one average, which is the least important. And then the other three categories, Mace, you're supposed to be elite. So... Be an average, finishing with fifth, the 15th most sacks in the NFL? Give me a break. Well, the other thing is you talk about the investment involved with it. There are 28 edge rushers, according to Over the Cap, who are making at least $8 million this year. Okay. Now, strangely, this doesn't include Shaq Barrett because of the way his contract <laughs> is structured down Tampa. But he actually only has a $5 million salary Wow. this year. It's a backloaded deal. Uh, thanks to Tom Brady, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he made, they made it work, and they're counting on that big, big cap bump when the new television contracts chip kick in, and of course, the Amazon Prime deal as well. But there are, Zach, six teams who have at least two edge rushers making $8 million a year, and the Broncos are one of them. Now, San Francisco, believe it or not, has three because they've got Nick Bosa, D. Ford, and Eric Armstead all in that group. As, as counted as edge rushers on over the cap. I was going to say, do you count yeah. Eric Armstead as an edge rusher? See, I really don't. So okay. let's say they're two, and okay. that's fine. That's six, that's six teams with two. Denver, San Francisco, Chicago, Green Bay, Las Vegas, and Buffalo. So Las Vegas, really? Las Vegas has Cleveland Farrell making about $8.5 million. And the Raiders also have, let's see here. Oh, it's okay. I'm not, I'm no, not they, remember they signed Yannick Ngakwe. Yep, yep. Yep. So for a pretty cheap deal from what people thought he was going to get. Yeah, I mean 13 million a year for Ngakwe actually actually if he plays the way he played most of the last 3 years, that's going to be a bargain. Right. If he plays the way he did after the trade, it's going to be a bust. Right. The Raiders are counting on uh, obviously the bargain side of, the side of it. Mm-hmm. But those are but those are the teams that have substantial investments in two edge rushers. And the Broncos, and when you when you combine Chubb and Von Miller, it's more for a salary. It is thir- It is nearly thir- it is at thirty one million dollars right now, Ooh. because or just under that because Chubb is at eight point eight four seven, Von is at twenty two point one two five. Yeah, that is just a tick. Uh, that is just a tick under thirty one million. Yeah, you you shouldn't be merely middle of the pack or even like. On the front, on the low end of the top ten, that investment says if you don't get top five production from those two guys on the edge, you should be very disappointed. Yeah, and if if you're getting top five production on the edge mm-hmm. from those two guys, and that's kind of a floor for those two guys mm-hmm. in my mind, then you're going to get it from Draymond Jones. He's right. going to have that breakout year because of the talent's there, and you know you're going to get it from Shelby Harris. Uh, and then just coupled with with other people, you're going to be able to get to over 40 sacks. Should be pretty easy. And mm-hmm. Mace, that number that you said, just around 30 million between Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, that's my standard now. 
for Vaughn and Chubb this year. We say a million dollars per sack. Well, I'm saying they got to get that. Between the two of them, 30 sacks. Who gets more? Oh, man. Because with Vaughn, I did the story earlier this week, of course, at thednvr.com, looking at his kind of his recent sack rate, looking at his career numbers when he has someone of quality on the opposite side, and also taking into account he's 32 years old, he's going into year 11, if he has 13 sacks, and obviously he's got one more game to do it, but if he has 13 sacks, he becomes the first 32-plus edge rusher with a 13-sack season since Robert Mathis back in 13. Wow, almost a decade. Yeah, so it's it's actually something. It was interesting how you used to see plenty of seasons in which guys who were 32 and older had 12, 13, 14, 15 sacks. It's dripped it stopped it's gone to a trickle over the last decade so Vaughn is actually fighting a little bit of recent league history here those good seasons we were talking about earlier this week with Julius Peppers in his mid-30s they're like 11 sacks Mm -hmm. not 30 so if you're talking about 30 sacks between the two of them and Vaughn's at 13 you're asking Chubb to be a 17 sack guy a sack a game guy can Mm -hmm. he be that guy he should be being a top five pick. No. He absolutely should be. And Mace, you're baiting me, baiting me, baiting me. Of course I am. To take Bradley Chubb to be that guy. And I don't want to take it. But. But, but <laughs> I, I have to because who had the the most recent 10-sack season? Of the two of them? It, well, it was both of them. Yeah, it was, they, it was the same them. time because Chubb got hurt early Gosh, in 19. that is and, crazy. And Chubb, didn't he, and Chubb was behind Malik Reed's sacks last year. That is crazy that neither of them have had double-digit sacks for two straight years. Now, obviously, there's been injuries thrown in, but mm-hmm. that is just crazy to think about. The, combined, they've gone four seasons without a 10-sack season. But Bradley Chubb is the guy that should be trending up, where Von Miller... Like you kind of just mentioned about thirty-two year olds mm-hmm. should be trending down for the most part. So I'm gonna go go with the guy that's trending up and I'm gonna go with Chubb. Okay. Yeah. Do I have a ton of confidence in that? We've never seen it from him. If you're an opposing blocking scheme though, who are you thinking about more? Vaughn. I'm trying to protect my passer. I'm thinking about Vaughn. I am too. I am too. Because the uh, the freakish talent is there. we we saw it with an eighteen sack season. He still has the athleticism. Yeah. We can we can see that uh, in the glimpses from practice as well. I mean it, I mean there was a there was a moment in OTAs and yeah it's not full pads, we get that. But it was Cameron Fleming he was going against. Uh, don't do that to him. That Vaughn. poor dude had didn't have a chance <laughs> against Vaughn. He had no chance. Oh my gosh! I mean, it, and it, it's, Vaughn it's, looked like Vaughn, but again, yep. it's you know, it's not the regular season. I get it, but Vaughn looks like Vaughn. And if and and the thing is, you're not going to face all pros every week. Some weeks you're going to face substandards or subpar starters. Some weeks you're going to face backups. And for every player, whether you're a Hall of Famer or just a middle-of-the-road guy, you're probably going to do better and feast against some of those lesser tackles. I mean, look at when Vaughn was the Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. We know who he was going up and against. And he got to face Mike Remmers. Yeah. Well, great players take advantage of the matchups in front of them. Yeah. And so, yeah, Vaughn's not going to have at least one sack every game. He's going to go up against some tackles, and he's going to get stonewalled. But he's going against some other tackles, and he, and you're hoping he can feast. And the thing that was maybe missing back in 
2019, for example, when, you know, both early in the season when Bradley Chubb was out there, and then after Chubb's injuries, he didn't have the feasts that he usually has. And that's what he's got to get back to. Because for him to 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 have that sack t- tally be what you're talking about for somebody who's getting this sort of contract, he's got to have those games where it comes in clumps. Right. It's, you know, in, in baseball, you'd say, okay, you got to be a, you can't just, uh, put up a, a round number or straight number. You got to have some crooked numbers. Vaughn needs some crooked numbers on his on his sack line. Yep, he I needs agree. some two. He needs some twos and maybe even a three. Yep, in I, a game, I, especially because sacks come in bunches, and you right. know there's going to be one or two or three games where he doesn't have a sack. You're right. When they come in bunches, it can't be three games with three sacks. Make it three games with five sacks, and then we're talking about a monster season. And Jared comes in yes. in the comment section with a good point. He says, Chubb, Malik Reed, and Von Miller need 35 collective Ooh. sacks minimum. I like where your head's at there, Jared. And Mace, let's get in to some details of why he only has the Broncos getting 40 sacks. Let's look at specific numbers. Mm-hmm. But first... Let's get into our DraftKings pick of the week. And I had to get this one in today, Mace. We couldn't push it later in the week because I love what I found on DraftKings Sportsbook. Mm -hmm. I love what I saw from the the Milwaukee Bucks this weekend in their Game 3, keeping the series alive. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to win tonight, Mace. And then they're going to lose Game 5 in Phoenix. They're going to win Game 6. And then they're going to win game seven. Why do I need to watch the NBA Finals now? You just told me what's going to happen. You don't need to. And if you go to DraftKings Sports, you'll get it. Mm. Plus 200. Don't wait until after the Bucks win tonight because then it's probably going to be close to plus 100. Get in now. I like the Milwaukee Bucks, Mace. I think they've got it. And they showed this resilience when they played the Nets. They were down 2-0. Then they won game three. Then they won game four. Then it was 2-2. Then they lost. Then they won. And then... In Game 7, when it all meant everything, they won. I think that's what's going to happen again. So, go Shelby Harris, go Bucks. All right, I'm going to go to soccer. You've got the the Gold Cup going on right now. And, of course, uh, it's, uh, the, it's the championship for CONCACAF, which is the Confederation of North America, Central America, and the Caribbean in soccer. And you've got Thursday night, the United States taking on Martinique. And... The USA won their opening game in the Gold Cup, one nothing against Haiti. Martinique, you know, they're, they're they're the minnows of this group that the U.S. is in. They're in Group B with Canada, Haiti, Martinique, and Canada, just an okay side, routed Martinique in the first match, beat them four to one. Now, if you bet the money line, the U.S. obviously you're not. The U.S. is one to twelve on the money line, Ooh. so stay away from that. You want to see? Okay, can I? You know. Take out, put a little bit of money on potentially big score. The U.S. Their form is good. Of course, that they had that win over Mexico uh, here in Denver last last month in the friendly that that everyone was watching. Uh, I like the USA to win and win big. There's a number here minus four and a half. So the U.S. wins by by basically they have to win by five goals. It's thirty seven to ten. So three point seven to one basically. Okay. I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a little bit on the U.S. putting up a big number against Martinique and winning six to one. Wow! And covering this four and a half because they've got various spread uh, spreads on this. If and if you want to be a pessimist and bet on Martinique uh, to win, there's a number Martinique plus zero zero point five and eleven to two. If you want to be a pessimist, go for that. <laughs> I love it, yeah. Mace. I love it. And if you want to get in on my pick of the week. 
Well, you probably also want to get on this other deal that DraftKings is offering right now. They're giving new users the chance to turn $1 into $150 in site credits. All you have to do is pick the basketball team that you think is going to win the next game. And if they win, you turn that $1 into $150 in site credits over at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is America's top-rated sportsbook app. So why don't you do that with the Bucks? Plus also throw the plus 200 on them to win the entire series. And man, you could be rolling in some good money and of course you can get in on daily odds boost for baseball you can still get in on odds boost for basketball until the finals are over and it is so much fun we had a blast checking out things on DraftKings Sportsbook over this past couple days with the home run derby uh, with the all-star game it was so much fun so make sure to head to the app store now and download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up to turn one dollar into a hundred and fifty dollars in free site credits if the basketball team of your choice wins that's all it takes is one dollar to win a hundred and fifty using the code DNVR when you sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be twenty one or older, Colorado only. New customers only for a limited time only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call one 800 522 Want to tell you also about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They're also cranking out hard seltzers, good company hard seltzers, and they are being sold in the DNVR bar. And if you come on down the DNVR bar, you can get in on something with Breckenridge Brewery and the National Parks Conservation Association. Last year's fires were devastating for so many in Colorado, and this is one of the reasons why Breck is going to donate 1% of all their profits this summer to the National Parks Conservation Association. So if you buy Breckenridge Brewers or Good Company Hard Seltzers anywhere, 1% of those profits is going to go to help the great outdoors. But... The big thing here at the DNVR bar, come on down, have a Breck Brew or Seltzer, and you can win some swag from our friends at Breck Brew. You can also enter to win a $30,000 escape pod trailer if you head to their website and enter to win. So go to breckbrew.com slash ingoodco. That's breckbrew.com slash ingoodco for more details on winning the $30,000 escape pod trailer. And of course, we've got, like I said, we've got, we got seltzers at the, at the DNVR bar and you want to check out the farmhouse, their restaurant down at their brewery in Littleton, do that as well. It's right off Santa Fe. You can use that magical code DNVR and get $5 off your meal. You can go pick it up from noon to 8 p.m. or you can dine in as well. If you want to go pick it up, call 303-803-1380 and get in on that. And like I said, use that magical code DNVR and get $5 off your meal at the farmhouse. A terrific place to go eat. So if you're in central Denver, go to the DMVR bar, have some Breck brews. If you're down in Littleton, check out the farmhouse down at the brewery in Littleton and have yourself some Breck brews there. For they everyone the for everyone tuning in live, we really, really appreciate it. Please switch over to our YouTube channel where it's a better quality, the, the stream is better, and also the chat is better. It's where you really get to interact yeah. with people. Once you're there, please hit us with a thumbs up. It really supports us and really helps us get to the top so there's more of you guys watching and able to interact. And also hit us with a subscribe and an alert so you don't miss any of our live shows. Guys, we got some awesome plans for training camp coming around just two weeks away, and we're going to be all over these live shows during camp. So make sure to hit us with a thumbs up and a subscribe. And something else that helps us out is becoming a member of our family. Go to thednvr.com and join our family. There's so many perks. Not only do you get a chance to join us on these live streams, but you get a member beer when you're at the bar, which is free beer. It's a 22-ounce beer for the price of a 16-ounce beer online. You get access to the online Discord, 
which is a members-only Discord. It's like Twitter, but way better, more of a family environment. And of course, when you sign up for that annual membership, you get a free shirt of your choice when you do so. So make sure to check us out. We'd really appreciate it. And once you do, make sure to jump into the comment section and say hello. But Mace, before we get into the comment section, let's talk about how Mike Clay got here. I'm going to read you some sack totals from individual players on this team. And Mace, I want you to say if that's acceptable from this player or disappointing. So let's just start right off the bat. Let's start with Draymond Jones. He has him at 4.7 sacks. I'm going to round up. I'm going to say Draymond Jones gets five sacks. Slightly disappointing. Really? Really? Okay, what are your expectations for Draymond? I like hearing this. Uh, I expect him to have six to eight. Okay, six to man, that would then he would be the breakout player. Well, uh, he one um, of the breakout players. Well, he showed signs of doing that last year. I mean, mm-hmm. he had six sacks last year. Uh, he's you know you figure another yeah. another year. It's another year with Shelby Harris as well, and I think that's a key thing because just as chemistry matters on the offensive line, it matters on the defensive line as well. Think back to how well Malik Jackson and Derek Wolf worked together, and you see that same kind of cohesion developing between Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones. Those were a quiet six sacks last year. Yeah. That's impressive. So, Mace, you, you convinced me. I think the floor for him, for acceptable, mm. needs to be six. And I agree. I, I'm happy if he's at six. Mm. If he's at more, than, then I'm really happy. Well, I think uh, I'd say the floor for acceptable is probably four and a half or five because, you know, things can go a different way. Maybe he has some injuries, uh, et, et cetera, that, that hold him back a yeah, little bit. you can't really yeah. think about injuries in this. Right. Well, I will say this, that Mike Clay does kind of account for the possibility of injuries, and that's why generally we see in his projections they're a bit on the low side. Like at quarterback, I mean, whether it's injury or benching, he's got Drew Locke playing 13 games. Right, right. Yeah, And but compared to other teams, you know, these Broncos numbers, sack totals are pretty low right. here, even can, when he takes that into account. So Draymond mm-hmm. Jones, we want to be at six. Shelby Harris, he has him at 3.9, so we'll say four. Disappointing? Mm, not really. Wow. Okay. I mean, I expect Shelby to be somewhere between three and and seven. Okay. So maybe he's kind of on on the low side of it. The, the other th- the thing with Shelby that you're factoring in is pass deflections, right? And that number isn't on here. Mm-hmm. When you take sacks and deflections and put them together over the last couple of years, in terms of the rate relative to the number of plays that he's playing, he's actually in Aaron Donald's conversation. I'm not saying Shelby Harris is Aaron Donald, but I think in that's that what you said. In that specific area, that specific metric, and Bill Kolar counts pass deflections in the line of scrimmage like sacks in his calculus. So that's one of the reasons why Shelby Harris is back with the Broncos and why they're willing to write him the check. Yeah, and and like you said, you're going to account those in, but Shelby Harris mm-hmm. has a five-and-a-half sack season and a six-sack season. When he got that six-sack season, he only started six games. He mm-hmm. played in all 16, but only started in six. So that's why I'm putting the, the bar for him, the low bar, to be, to be five, hit Ooh. five, and then it's acceptable. But so right now, Mace, we're kind of falling already two sacks short. We can see how ground can be made up. Mike Purcell, he's got it one and a half sacks. That's about fine. That's about right. I agree. That, he's that's a no, fine. He's a nose tackle, and we're going to see so much sub package work this year that you know Mike Purcell may not have the type of the, the type of snaps or the quantity of snaps to where you're talking about him being a guy who has a lot of sacks. It's also not his skill set as well. He's a plugger yeah. up the middle. He's going ocu- to occupy some blockers. And if he if he does that, you're not really concerned about the sack number with no, him. No, no. I, I think Mike Purcell have two 
but uh, not disappointed at one and a half. And then between the backup op- defensive lineman, Mace, he's got two and a half sacks between Deshaun Williams, McTelvin Ajim, uh, Shamar Steven, and Marquis Spencer. So I mm, think that's, that's, fair. that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's, of course, it's their, their numbers that kind of make you laugh. Like He's got Marquis right. Spencer with 0.1 sacks, <laughs> yes. which obviously can't happen. But Yeah, so, so I think that's fair as well. So between the big guys... We say they should have two more sacks. So that would bring the total to 42. I didn't expect a drastic difference from what Mike Clay has mm-hmm. to our expectations and, and getting the Broncos into the top 10 from the defensive line. But now's here where it get, here's where it gets interesting, Mace. Edge rushers. Von Miller, he's got right at nine and a half sacks. So he's saying that Von can't break the curse that's been on old pass rushers since, uh, since Robert Mathis. Yeah, that would be disappointing. It would be. I would say with Vaughn, the acceptable total, if he plays at least six, at least 15, 16 games, the acceptable total probably starts at 11. And you know, Mace, that just hurts my heart hearing, hearing that be acceptable. But you're not, you're not alone. A lot of people yeah. say that. And it, thank goodness it's at least in double digits. Acceptable doesn't necessarily mean that you're giving him the contract that he wants. Mm. And that's the key thing. If, like, if, if Vaughn is a guy who again, has that Julius Peppers type of 30-something arc. He's going to have some years where he has 10, 11 sacks. He's also going to have some years where he has 7.5 or 8. Peppers, I believe, averaged 8.5 sacks per season from age 32 onward. So that's, that's fine, and as a pass rush specialist, that can be helpful, but you hope that his contract is right-sized for that going forward. If it's, a, if it's the right-sized kind of contract... You're comfortable with it. Yeah. And hi, Eric. <laughs> and <laughs> Mace, for, for me, he's five sacks off where he needs to be in this. He needs to be a 14 and a half. And we saw it the last time he broke 10 sacks was 14 and a half sacks in 2018. You're not paying him to be a good Von Miller. You're paying yeah. him to be a great Von Miller. And I think the bar for great is 14 and a half. So that's a huge discrepancy for me. Vaughn is five sacks off where he needs to be. Well, and also, if you're talking about the one sack per million, which I think is starting to go by the wayside, Unfortunately. as contract values are going up, that one sack per million would mean he needs to get into Michael Strahan, Jared Allen territory. And that's why I've <laughs> even moved away from that in these expectations. <laughs> I'm saying 14 and a half when he's getting paid the over $20 million. So yeah. for me... Five sacks off for you. He's one and a half sacks off kind of the, the floor for you. Bradley Chubb, he's got it 7.8 sacks. We'll round it up to eight and say eight sacks for Bradley Chubb. Man, again, disappointing. Yeah, even though he had seven and a half last year. Yeah. And so this would be a slight increase. Wild. I think his range is seven. Is probably going to be... He has a he has a wide range. He he may have a wider range of possibilities than Von Miller does because it's possible that Bradley just explodes and has that kind of career defining sixteen plus sack season That's that Von has had, about. that Elvis has had, that all all the great pass rushers usually have at some point that one gear that just ju- that just jumps out as their, go over their signature for season. That. Yep. Yeah, and probably sixteen. Mm-hmm. So I think that's on the upper end of this, the lower end of the range for Bradley Chubb. And this is sort of where, okay, maybe the injuries continue to, to dog him a little bit. The lower end of the range is seven. Oh, oh. I hope we're not talking about oh, that. Oh, killer. And I think with, with Chubb in the end, we're going to be talking about about 11, 
11 to 13 sacks. Mesa, I can't say you're wrong, though. I mean, Bradley Chubb got injured in 2019, mm-hmm. so we're just going to scratch that one. But before that, he wasn't having a good season. Last year, seven and a half sacks. Yeah, he made the Pro Bowl, but from a sack perspective, it wasn't there. Didn't have Vaughn opposite him, though. Just yep. as just as it helps Vaughn having Chubb on the opposite flank, clearly I think it helped uh, Chubb having Vaughn, even though Malik Reed was decently productive on the other side. So I can't say that you're wrong for saying that he could have as few as seven. But he did have 12 his rookie year, and I need to see that type of production again. Mm-hmm. But I'll go a little bit notch further for acceptable, and I'll say 11. So between Vaughn and Chubb, Mace, I've got eight additional sacks here okay. is what I'm expecting. What what really, not not what I think is going to happen, but but what needs to happen for this Broncos team. And you, you, you mentioned Malik Reed. 3.1 sacks. We'll say three sacks for Malik for a backup how does that sit with you? And an important thing here is he's got Vaughn playing 854 snaps. He's got Bradley Chubb playing 799 snaps. He's got Malik Reed cut in half, 361 snaps, and he has three sacks. I mean, that's fair. I mean, let's take, for example, Shaq Barrett when he was with the Broncos. In his four seasons, and he started 15 games in that in that span, his four years as mostly a rotational guy were five and a half, one and a half, four and three sacks. So you add those up, that's 14 sacks. So that's 14 sacks over four years. So that's an average of three and a half per season. So if you're a rotational guy, that's actually a reasonable number. Yep. And that, that's where with, with Shaq the, and, and, and any player, this is why what I always do is I evaluate them on sack rate. I evaluate how many sacks are they having per pass rush opportunity. Mm-hmm. You can get the the pass rush snaps, of course, off Pro Football Focus, uh, and go and go from there. It's a pretty pretty easy calculus to have, and that was one reason why I thought Shaq Barrett was uh, worthy of a little bit more love because he always had a high sack rate and he had a high pressure rate. And and Malik Reed. Uh, showed signs that he could be one of those guys with a high sack rate and pressure rate last year, too. And I think what's going to hold Malik back is the opportunities he gets. I actually think 361 snaps Mm -hmm. for him would be kind of on the high side for him. I hope he sees that many. But Mace... You have two edge rushers who are coming off of injuries, though. Yep, yep. So, I mean, if you're you're putting these through insurance-style actuarial tables, you'd say, okay, there's a... Given the recent injury history of Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, there's a decent chance that Malik Reed plays a bunch of snaps. Now, I'll say this. If he plays a substantial number of sacks, I exp- snaps and say Vaughn misses a couple, couple of games and Chubb misses a couple of games. So let's say they combine to miss six games and Malik Reed starts all six of those games. Then I expect Malik Reed's sack number to probably be somewhere around the best of Shaq Barrett's seasons in Denver, which was five sacks. Yep, and that's why I was going to say I think Malik should be around the five mark. Okay. Um, uh, there's no true bar for him I'm not disappointed if he gets three if the opportunities aren't there but I'll, I'll give one more sack to, to Malik Reed because he he's a talent you know I'll give him two I'll say he should be okay five. that's fair um and Mace in terms of value mm-hmm. though the value isn't even close with what you're getting in Malik Reed yeah. Malik Reed's getting a sack every hmm. 120 snaps according to Mike Clay Bradley Chubb's getting a sack every 100 snaps he's on the field and Von Miller's getting a sack every 90 snaps that he's on the field. So, Vaughn getting paid the most. He's the most productive. He he is mm. doing the best in terms of production. Bradley Chubb, second most. He's getting that. But Malik Reed, is. it's not like he's like, you know, 10 times off these guys. He's only 20% behind Bradley Chubb, 30% behind Vaughn Miller, and yet he's getting paid buckus mm-hmm. compared to those guys. So, the value is there. So, this is something that if this plays out, 
the Broncos can't ignore this offseason when they're thinking, do we sign Von Miller up mm-hmm. to another, you know, four-year, $80 million extension and let Malik Reed go? No, you got to look at the production here. Yeah, you have to take a long, hard look. And now that being said, you know, John Elway's not going to be involved in this decision in all likelihood. It's going to be a George Payton call. So this isn't going to be something where, oh, did they learn a lesson from Shaq Barrett? Well, no, because you're going to have some somebody different making the call on this guy and somebody who, uh, on these guys, probably because you're talking about evaluating kind of Vaughn and Malik Reed together and what their future outlook is like. Right. But at the same time, I mean, we get you, with all respect to Bradley Chubb, even if the Broncos don't pick a quarterback at um, at number five at number five overall in twenty eighteen, what what would have worked better? Would it have been to draft Bradley Chubb anyway and ha- and find a way, or is it to draft Quentin Nelson, resign Shaq Barrett, see where you know see where Shaq goes in the future? And Shaq would have obviously been a relatively low cost guy for resigning, although he might be more expensive now if he had the breakout that he had in Tampa Bay. And then you've got an all pro at one of the guard spots. And yep. so it's, yeah, it's kind of Monday morning quarterbacking it. And it's probably not fair to Bradley Chubb, but this is part, but that when you look, you look back and say, okay, what did we miss? And if there are, you know, for those scouts and, and so forth who are in the Broncos building, you'd say, okay, what did we miss on Shaq Barrett? What did we not see? Because we probably should have had him regarded much more highly than we did internally. Yep. And that should have factored into our decision-making in the draft, what Shaq Barrett's outlook was like. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree, May. So then between the, the rest of the backups, outside linebacker, he's got Jonathan Cooper and Derek Tuska combining for one sack. I'm yeah. not going to disagree with that. But Mace, Mike Clay has the Broncos edge rushers going for 21 and a half sacks. I say that Vaughn should have five more. I say Bradley Chubb should have three more, and I say Malik Reed should have two more. That's 10. That puts that number at 31 and a half. That's pretty much what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's what this group needs to be, and I'm even throwing in Malik Reed's numbers to help Vaughn and Chubb out here. That's what this group needs to be, and then if they do that, you couple it with Draymond Jones, how, how I think he should be a little more productive, how Shelby Harris should be more productive. We're talking about 50-plus sacks, and boom, that's how it's done. The huge burden here here is on the outside linebackers mm-hmm. as it should be when you have two top five picks when you're paying Vaughn 20 plus yeah and Malik Reed is interesting because of course this is his last year of his unrestricted of his undrafted deal he, he's gonna believe it or not Malik Reed's gonna be an RFA after this season wow time flies throw that second round tender on he's him. gonna be he's gonna get a little more expensive and that's another thing that comes into play is Malik Reed's price it doesn't go up in a, a massive backbreaking way but it does go up after this year does. At the same time as Von Miller's contract expires. So you've got so much in play here. But let's say you take Malik Reed's deal right now and add it to Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, what you're paying them this year. You're ba- that means you're just under $32 million for those three guys. Yep. And it is fair to expect 32 sacks among those three. Yep. I love it. I love it. That's how it should be. And that's how we get to the Broncos not disappointing, not being mm-hmm. 15th through 19th in terms of sacks. That's how they get in, not just the top 10, but the top five. And they need to be there. They're they're paying for top five production yep. from their edge rushers. They they need to be there. And it's not like the rest of the, the, the front seven is ignored. I mean, there's a substantial investment in Shelby Harris on the interior as well. Oh, yeah. And we know that Draymond Jones, uh, the, the interesting thing with Draymond and the, the type of year that he had last year, and it's, po- it's possible that he explodes because one of the reasons why I like the Jarrell Casey pickup last year was because skill set wise 
those two are very comparable. And so far, Draymond Jones seems to be kind of following the Jarrell Casey developmental path that he had in Tennessee. The question is whether Draymond has the explosion that made Jarrell Casey a perennial pro bowler. Yep. That's what we're going to find out over the next two seasons. And if he has that explosion, you're going to want to find a way to keep him, oh, but yeah. he's going to get expensive. But that kind of potential, the fact that you're already talking about a second-year guy last year who had six sacks, an interior guy, that's different than being on the edge. This is why whenever the rumblings about, okay, if you trade for Aaron Rodgers, what is it going to cost? And what type of young players you'd have to give back? Draymond Jones is a name that pops up. Because he ha- because he does have a lot of value right yes, now. He does. He absolutely does. And Mace, that'll do it for us. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. That does it for us on the live side. We're gonna hop over to the podcast form. Make sure you can find us anywhere to listen to the rest of this podcast. Just by searching Broncos, anywhere you find podcasts will be the first one that pops up. But for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Seams. Before you guys get out of here, hit us with a thumbs up, subscribe, sign up for alerts. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. All right, Mace, let's hop into the podcast side. All right, thanks guys for rolling with us in the podcast side of things. Mace, before we hop into questions, did you know that Ball has been, Ball has been practicing diversity and inclusion for years while other major companies just talk about it as a workplace idealism? What do you mean by that, Zach? Well, Ball, and I'm talking about Ball Aerospace, Ball Arena here in Denver. Their culture of belonging has been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign they have a corporate equ- or equality index score of 100%. Wow, I love hearing that. So objectively, your background, whatever that may be, will not prevent you from succeeding at ball. Nope, just hard work and commitment. And Mace, I even know firsthand that this is true because my aunt just started working at ball, and she mm-hmm. says it is a fantastic place to work. Love hearing that. Absolutely, and they want to hire people, Mace. The company that made 101 billion cans last year (laughs) wants to hire people. Shocking, I know. And how you get hired is text GOLDEN to 77222, and you'll be linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222 to work from at ball and be unstoppable at ball. That's pretty awesome. Me, you can take the golden road to a golden new job. Exactly. Ball. Yeah. The and gold. Maybe make some gold. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> mine some gold. That's why they call it golden, right? Exactly. And also want to tell you about Solace Meds, a new partner at DNVR. Solace is a premier dispensary for y'all with some hot deals to offer for the month of July, including Wild Night and Day Gummies, big one, 50% off, all one, a 25% off, all O. Pen. Cured rosin cartridges, 20% off. All green dot concentrates, 20% off. 1 to 11 rosin cones, 20% off. You get a 10 cent pre roll or 10 milligram edible when you spend 50 bucks. And guess what? They have four locations for you to take advantage of those deals in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and then one conveniently located near the DNVR bar, just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. Now, you also want to check out their Wheat Ridge location because there you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code DNVR20. So that's the Wheat Ridge location of Solace Meds. Head on in and mention the DNVR20 code to receive 20% off and get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. So make sure you take advantage of that. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. You head on over to their website, which is solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com. 
order online. Don't forget that magical code DNVR20 get 20% off and purchase from there. Then you go pick up at your convenience at the nearest location. It's really that simple. So check out Solace Meds, S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com. Take advantage of those great deals and use that magical code DNVR20 and get 20% off your order. Summer is in full swing, and that means you got to get the summer bod in full swing. And no summer bod is complete without checking out our friends over at Manscaped. And let me recommend the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll get the great Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. You'll get the Weed Whacker, which is an ear and nose trimmer, the Crop Preserver, ball, which is ball deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, the Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of those goodies. You can't beat that. And also, guys, the Lawnmower 4.0 is their fourth generation trimmer, which is just cutting edge which has an awesome blade, which reduces grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. It also has got a 7,000 RPM motor, which is insane for a razor, a multifunction on and off switch with a travel lock, and it gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when you want, which helps with battery life as well. So make sure to check them out over at manscaped.com and use the magical code DNVR over at manscaped.com. That'll get you 20% off anything plus free shipping. So make sure to check them out, manscaped.com, to get that summer bod going and smash the code DNVR for 20% off and free shipping. Love all the ways you can save money with codes like DNVR20, DNVR, DNVR25, depending on uh, what the sponsor is. That can pretty we'll much be like a, it can pretty much be a second job for someone, you know, just smashing all these codes. Yeah, and then you sit back and you enjoy the products and you find out, how much you saved. Exactly. And speaking of sitting back and enjoying, let's talk to the people, Mason. Let's enjoy what they have to say. First one coming in from H-Town Bronco. What's up, boys? Wanted to say congratulations to the boss man, Zach, for the engagement. Awesome news. Thank you so much, H-Town Bronco. And again, thank you guys all so much for the, the congratulations. It means a ton. He says, I'm here till the end of July, and I'm curious if there are any events coming up at the DNVR bar that I should attend. I'm going to stop by, but wondering when a good time would be. There's always good times to mm-hmm. stop by. I mean, we got Rockies games going on now. Man, we will be doing, since you're here till the end of July, we're going to be doing some Broncos uh, training camp pods near the end of July. Mm-hmm. So maybe you stop by for that. You can meet us as well. Come on down and, and check that out. We're going we're gonna to be here doing, uh, we're going to be doing live camp shows. Pretty much every day during camp. Yes, we will be. Down here at the DMVR bar. So come on down and check that out. He goes for Broncos talk. I've kind of gave up on the Aaron Rodgers now. Don't think it's happening. And all the talk in Denver really just shows where we're at as a franchise with our most important position. Pat Bowl is rolling in his grave right now. Ouch. I want to have faith in Drew, but I just don't. Love his attitude, but I just it's just not good enough. I don't know what to think. I'd have to have another average season and fail. Or, or I'd hate to have another average season and fail in the mid, fall in the middle of the pack, which is where I'm nervous we're headed towards. But it's still go Broncos till I die. I mean, Pat Bowen was always fond of the big swings, the the big splash swings. Um, he would have been a fan of doing whatever it takes to get Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah. And, I mean, there's a, there's a legacy of this with the Broncos. I mean, Bolin's predecessor, Edgar Kaiser, of course, uh, was the one who helped make the John Elway deal happen. And uh, it was uh, Kai- Kaiser and kind of in the midst of all things who, you know, had a, had a, mantra, had a mantra that, uh, you know, in this country, in the United States of America, everything, no matter what, no matter how precious, everything has a price. Yeah. Even John Elway. Yeah. At the top of the 1983 draft had a price. 
and he took advantage of the fact that Bob Ursay, the Colts owner at the time, didn't really recognize the value of a quarterback like that, and uh, and obvious and, and uh, made a deal that uh, was below market value. Big shout out to Bob Ursay for that. Yeah, I mean that's a, and and it was interesting because like if it had been a general, if it had been a football personnel person deal. Ernie, of course, he would have made the deal for the Colts. And I assure you, it would not have been on those terms. Yeah, he it, would have said, are you crazy? But the Bron- but I do think the Broncos would have been willing to give up more than they did for John Elway. Yeah, I think so too. But they got, they they got a discount. But the thing is, you can't rely on getting that discount. And, and Pat Bowen would understand that. I think, I think uh, he'd be all about, if you could do it, getting getting Aaron Rodgers for three first-round picks. Without a doubt. I don't think he's, I don't think he would blink. I mean, he, you know, it, he, it was one of his final final years uh, on the job. He loved the pursuit of Peyton Manning. Yep. That and, was his kind of move. And H-Town Broncos not buying it. He doesn't think it's going to happen. Everything has a price and everything has a timeline. Mm. Um, Aaron Rodgers is just taking a while. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron can be patient. The question is uh, how... How steadfast will Green Bay remain? It's one thing to be to kind of have your your heels heels dug in right now, but when camp begins, when the when and even into the regular season, the dynamic changes. So, mm-hmm. if Aaron Rodgers is who you want, I would say Broncos country don't lose hope just yet. There we go. Yeah. I love it, Mace. Yeah. That that feels like very Star yeah. Trekian of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and H uh, Town Bronco, uh, did you mention that you want to have they want to have faith in Drew, but just don't. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean. I think there. I think there are a lot of people who feel that way, and he's got to show it. Drew's Drew's got one big shot here to do that. As long as long as the quarterback landscape here remains the same, he's got one big shot, and it starts later this month. Yep. This is the you know, I've seen some national things that talk about players under on the under pressure, and yet Drew Locke doesn't really register in those national metrics, and I dis and I disagree. I think Drew Locke has maybe more pressure on him in this camp than anybody else in the NFL this year. Oh, without because a doubt. He, because he is not just playing. He is practicing for his professional future. The, this camp may be the most important juncture in determining whether Drew Locke becomes, has the potential to become one of those guys that you build a franchise around or one of those fringe type of guys who has a Josh McCown, Ryan Fitzpatrick career, or one who kind of goes by the wayside. I if I were betting on outcome, I would bet kind of on the in-between outcome there, but we'll see. He still has the chance to be more than that. And that's what H-Town Broncos is scared of is just the team and the quarterback being average. Yeah. And that's the thing. The worst thing you can do is pay big money for average. Yep. So you actually want Drew Locke to be really good or really bad. You yep. want it to be clear. Exactly. If it's hazy, that's where you end up doing what the Bills did and giving Ryan Fitzpatrick a big contract, and that was a mistake back in 2011. Yikes. Next one's for you, Mace. Yep, from the count. To Mace's point, curling is awesome. If you have curling sheets in Denver, DNVR should definitely have a team. It's so much fun. I think that's a good idea. Also, the main attorneys tur- called bone spiels are as much a chance to hoist barley pops as they are to toss stones. I've been too busy of late to be in the league, but the next chance I get, I'm back on the ice. Love the count. You know, I've always had this crazy idea. Are you familiar with the uh, Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours theory? Yes. Okay. I've always had this thought in mind that if just money was no object, I would invest 10,000 hours in curling. <laughs> wow. How about that? I because I figured that's the only sport 
in which even at my age, I still have a chance of being an Olympian. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> 10,000 hours. 10,000 uh, hours. I mean, basically. And then, you know, the dream would be to be like a 56-year-old Olymp- uh, Olympic, uh, Olympic curler. That would be or whatever. awesome. Oh, that man. would be That'd awesome. Be funny. I, I would probably do my 10,000 hours if, if I was able to do it in anything. I would do it in uh, flying. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Do a little pilot stuff. Fly anywhere. Yeah, exactly. 10,000 hours. That would be enough to get to, to where you'd be flying jets by the end of that, right? That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe you could fly the Broncos charter. Oh, that'd be something. Mixing <laughs> both worlds. I love it. And then you'd, and then you'd have a lot of br- breaking news. Broncos at <laughs> Broncos at Northwestern University Pro Day. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Next one coming in from Free Philip Lindsay. I'm a couple pods, pods behind as I catch up from a crazy couple weeks, but I had to say congrats, Zach. Hoping for the most wonderful and bright things for you and your fiance's future. Thank you so much, Free Philip Lindsay. Also, I watched Chuck after hearing Zach mention it, and my girlfriend pushed me to watch it. I just have to chime in to say it's very worth watching. That's hey. what I'm talking about. It's an it's a surprisingly incredible blend of spy action and comedy with small sci-fi elements, excellent characters and character development, and it's steeped in comics and video game nerd vibe with tons of great quick references to classic film shows, etc. It's a great marriage of comedy and action, and it's grounded in a funny sense of whim while developing serious plot and having emotional highs and lows. Definitely check it out. If the Broncos play half as good as the show is this season, we're in the Super Bowl. That is what I'm talking about. That's the best endorsement anyone can give for Chuck. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and it kind of sounds up your alley. I know. I just got to... Well, the problem is... Like I want something familiar sometimes just on in the background. Like a couple of, like, a couple of nights ago, um, I'm sitting there at home and I just want something in the background as I'm finishing making dinner, right? And I guess I could have put on Chuck, but I got to sit down and watch Chuck. That's fair. So instead I put on an, a rerun of the old sitcom Coach. <laughs> never heard of it. Okay. You, you never heard of Coach? Never. Okay, it's a generational thing. It was on in the late 80s, early to mid-1990s, and basically it's about uh, a college football coach. Oh, and, but not like uh, yeah. not like the ones, uh, oh, what's that? Why can't I think of the... the Friday Night Lights? No, the real one about the community college football team. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not like that type of coach. Not like a Last Chance You or anything right. like that. Right, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's all fictional, and he's got a couple of, of, you know, kind of borderline crazy assistant coaches, uh, including, like, like probably kind of the, the the funniest character is his defensive coordinator Luther Van Dam, who was played by Dick Van Dyke's brother, and he's kind of a you know crazy old you know old, old football lifer type of thing. And uh, the episode I was watching where he invites Luther over and to his girlfriend's apartment, and Luther spills grape juice all over the white carpet, and disaster ensues, and <laughs> you know it's just kind of kind of slapstick. That that was kind of slapsticky, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 an underrated show, and there aren't many like really good football Very much shows. Like Chuck. Very what? underrated. Yes, but uh, yeah. Again, I I have the problem is the time to invest in Chuck and really kind of know what's going on. That's that's what comes up. And now we're coming up on football season again. Yes, we. So where are. does the where does the time go? It's anyway, good question. Broncos only. Great off season pod yesterday about Manning's comment on Rogers. Well, thank you. Zach's take that Manning should see that Manning himself and Tom Brady both having success moving new teams got me thinking. What if Manning doesn't want Rodgers to come together and have a successful second act because that would steal some of his spotlight? 
Zach, your thoughts? Man, I don't think Peyton's that type of guy. I don't think he is either. It's um, it's a good question, but I maybe it's I also want to believe he's not type of that that type of guy, but I also don't think he is. Is John Elway that type of guy? Well, he brought Peyton here, so he no. did bring Peyton here. No, but man, why doesn't Peyton have his own dad gum sign? Why is he a footnote? I mean, he was kind of te- on the Peyton's places with John Elway. He was kind of teasing John Elway about that. Mm-hmm. As he should. Yeah. Give Peyton his own sign. It's okay to have two 18s up there. It's the least you can do. Don't make him a footnote. Golly, Ollie. And then, you know, who knows? Maybe a few years later, you're giving Rogers his own sign. <laughs> How about that? Also, much was said in the pod yesterday about TV broadcast decisions. This has been a topic of interest to me for a while, and I've been waiting for an opportunity to ask Mace about it. Traditionally, the Broncos are broadcast all over the Mountain West, but in recent seasons, as things have gone down the tubes, the Broncos' broadcast map gets smaller and smaller. How is it decided which games are broadcast in which markets? Are the Broncos in jeopardy of losing their out-of-state territories to Las Vegas or losing their territory to an overall decline in team success? I want to watch the Broncos every week, and as their territory shrinks like an island disappearing due to rising sea levels, my tears are only adding to the problem my longest comment ever, Broncos only. That is actually a great topic, and it's one that's kind of interesting to discuss because with the with the TV broadcast contracts, generally speaking, the games are guaranteed to be on in the home market, and then you can kind of denote a couple of other markets where every road game, at least, is guaranteed to be on. Like, for example, at Colorado Springs... They'll show every Bronco home game, no doubt, but there's a little written guarantee that says every road game must be televised. Okay. Like, for example, this actually comes up with the Jaguars because the Jaguars claimed Orlando as a secondary market, So, it, but it only applies to road games. So the home games of the Jaguars can kind of just come and go. But every road Jaguars game gets on, which is a big source of frustration for Dolphin fans and Buccaneer fans in Orlando, of which there are many more than Jaguar fans. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden you want, you know, Dolphin fans want to watch their team. They're stuck watching Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Like, what the hell, man? Yeah. But beyond that, it does kind of go based on performance and all that. And they are, they're always evaluating the ratings and viewership at a local level. Now, sometimes what we've seen is as teams have faded, when they've tried to pull the regional team off there's been a backlash. Like, here's an example. Washington. They had a late-season game that was not scheduled to be on in the Richmond, Virginia market. Okay. And it would have been the first time in literally, basically ever, that Washington would not have been on in Richmond. And there was enough of a backlash where the network was convinced to change and put Washington on but it's sort of that's the sort of thing that sometimes happens as a team fades. And yeah, you're right. That map does get smaller. Las Vegas certainly could have an impact because you're going to have uh, the Raiders maybe cutting into Utah. If they're let's Uh-oh. say the Raiders pick up a following, a substantial following in Utah, do the Broncos lose Salt Lake City, which has shown almost every Bronco game over the years? Uh, we see, for example, in Albuquerque. When the Broncos and Cowboys go head-to-head is generally the only time that you may not see the Broncos because they may sometimes pick up the Cowboys, but that can depend on the form of both teams. Now, the Broncos doing well in the mid-2010s, no problem. Right. But now it's it's kind of shaky. So 
Broncos only. I don't know what part of the Mountain West you're in, but you make a great point, and that is something that I have noticed. You go to the506.com, and you see the maps every every week during football season, and sometimes you see, and I've seen that map for Broncos games that aren't big games get a little bit smaller on the Uh-oh. edges in like New Mexico and Utah and Montana, for example, and this is kind of part of an of an erosion of interest, and that's because you're losing the because they've determined that more people may watch uh, Kansas City against the Chargers than will watch the Broncos, or may watch just a, a just a, a, a Packer a, a Packer game at New England or whatever than watch the Broncos. So this is something where the Broncos need to have some good seasons to kind of stop that little erosion that's starting that's starting to kind of creep in in the in the on the fringe elements of their fan base yeah that is uh that's scary but it's the truth yeah. winning will solve that next one from good melbourne. question yes. good question though a good off-season question as definitely well. definitely next one from melbourne bronco hi guys listen to yesterday's pod driving across driving around town as i do every day i was in a foul mood all day got home daughter number one said why are you in a bad mood i replied because peyton thinks rogers won't play in denver she looked and said who I just turned and walked away, sulking on my couch. I've accepted Mr. Manning is right. Sadness becomes me. Cowabunga. There is such faith and devotion to Peyton Manning that Broncos country, I think, justifiably assumes that he's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like I said, his but I, gut I, feeling swayed gut, me. His gut feeling, but I'm... I'm not, I'm not there I, because, again, that's why I try to put myself in Peyton's shoes and think, okay, why would he come to this conclusion? And I can see the through his life, I can see the reasons why. And through who he is, he you know, he's not just somebody who loves Colorado. He is a football historian. And yeah, there's in, in this this is generational because he you know he and I are born the same year. We're basically the same generation. And there is, on some level, deep within me, that fondness for when guys played their entire career with one team. Sure, it, it, I get but, that. Yeah. But you're talking about you know the hurting the Broncos if that right. does happen. So you gotta yeah. think, hope that doesn't happen. I mean, yeah, there's, but but I also then step back and look at it intellectually and say, well, that was before free agency, and uh, right, you know, guys have more opportunities, uh, more they, they make they make the money they deserve at least comparatively to when uh to, to back in the in the pre free agency days they have the ability to have a little more determination over where they play once they get beyond their draft contract which i think is a positive as well so there's that nostalgia for when got for when more guys played their entire career in one spot but it's also i understand it's not necessarily uh the best thing of course this is different i mean aaron's trying to force his way out but uh you understand that maybe he just wants to have a little more, little more sway over where he plays out the rest of, of his career. And certainly I think uh, Tom Brady's success in Tampa has a huge impact on that. Without a doubt. Next one from Dan Burke. Hey, guys, I feel like not enough credit is given to the team for finishing ninth overall in total sacks last well, you year. You probably love our first topic today, Exactly. Dan. This being despite Vaughn being out the entire season and Jarrell Casey, too, I guess. The secondary and defensive line being depleted for a lot of the year and one of the worst offenses not giving the defense any advantageous pass rushing situations. Now... Malik Reed will go from a starting role to less playing time, so his production will likely decrease, but I still think it was pretty impressive. 
I know we shouldn't expect the offense to be significantly better next year. Do you all think the team get to 50 sacks on the back of an improved secondary alone? Well, as May said, you will have loved our first segment, uh, first two segments, Dan Burke, because yes, I do think that the Broncos should be able to get above 50 sacks, but not just because of the, the secondary alone. Like I said, those four factors will help. 50 sacks should take them into the top four. Mm-hmm. It's been good As enough to be. be in the top four in terms of raw sack total in each of the last three years. And like we said earlier, given the financial investment in edge rushers right now, they, that's where they should be. If the juice is going to be worth the squeeze, they need to be top four as a team in sacks. Exactly. And next one's a cool one from Mike1809. He says, one of my favorite things about the community that you guys have built at DNVR is that it's a global community. I love the discussion on the Olympics from the pod yesterday. It made me think, how did all of our international friends get to become Broncos fans? It's super cool to hear from UK, Australia, all over the place on this pod. Hashtag Broncos taking over the world. I love it. And Mike1809 puts a question out for you guys. Mm-hmm. How did you hear about us? How did you become part of this community? Because I know there's so many different ways. And how did you become a Bronco fan? I mean, if you're... Oh, we've heard those watching, stories. They're great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's those are fascinating to hear. Like, any story, like I remember hearing about why uh, a couple of people became Bucks fans from England years ago. And their reason was that the first football game they saw was a Monday night game between the Bucks and Dolphins that the Bucks won. And they thought, oh, this Tampa Bay team must be good. I'll pick them not knowing they were about to, they were picking up a team that was just about to have 15, 14 losing seasons oh, in yikes. a row. <laughs> yikes. Yeah, that's not how you want to pick up on the Broncos, yes. hopefully. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, when, it, when, you, when you pick up a team outside of your country, why? I mean, I picked up Manchester City out of pity when they got relegated, because listening over the internet in 1996, and they got relegated in part because they were dribbling out the clock thinking a tie was good enough in the season finale, and their fans are screaming at them, no, you need to go get another goal. Man, and then when they realized it was too late, and I just felt bad for them. Well, that's <laughs> interesting. I mean, we, maybe it was right before you joined the NBR, but I mean, we had hundreds of people tell us their story of how they became Broncos fans, which is just so yeah. interesting. And it was kind of, there were some things like that, Mace. Yeah, there are weird reasons why you become a fan of a team. Yeah. But they're all cool. I love hearing them. And last one coming in from the Danimal. I can't believe you guys didn't see Peyton's brilliant plan when he made those comments about AA run at the All-Star game. He's trying to stop Rodgers from coming to Denver until after he buys the team at a lower price, then snatch up Rodgers right after the sale. I bet if you rewatch the match, you notice <laughs> Rodgers' caddy was awkwardly tall with the big forehead and kept putting Broncos stickers on all Rodgers' gear until it just started to look normal. Oh, yeah, it's all coming together. I love it. He says, and Zach... Congratulations, my man, on the engagement. To respond, to respond to your question that you totally asked and forgot about. Yes, I humbly accept your nomination to be master of chaos and planning for the first official DNVR bachelor party. Just make sure everyone updates their life insurance because I'm not responsible if someone doesn't make it home. Well, thank you, Danimal. Man, that would be wild if everyone went out for that one. And thank you so much for tuning in. And man, I love, uh, I, I love the Danimals. Uh, take on why Peyton said that about Rodgers. Maybe he's buying the team at $3 billion and then 
it goes up to five right after they get Aaron Rodgers. I love it, Mason. I've loved this pod, and I love the people over at Green Mountain Dental because they're part of our family and make them part of your family as well. And they will take you in. They will treat you just like family because that's what they do. We've had so many people at Green Mountain Dental go in for checkups, but also get bigger work done. Our director of sales, Lindsay, had her wisdom teeth removed at Green Mountain Dental. So did Allie, and they treated them both just like family. The dentist called them personally to check in on them a couple of days after making sure everything was right. If it wasn't, then they made sure to be that by their side until it was. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam over at Green Mountain Dental, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's all you have to do is schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. And you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for tuning in with us today. We really appreciate it. Loved it. Love this conversation, Mace. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Get over the hump today. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the DNBR Broncos podcast. say